Over the last few podcasts, we've explored how science can assist to give us perspective on the Kingdom of Heaven, how it interacts with us in our four-dimensionality and how we can interact with it. In this podcast, we will look at how we can further understand the unseen spiritual world by observing the seen natural world. I'm Steve, and you're listening to Protoss because you're motivated to explore and understand more of the Kingdom. I'm joined by this podcast's founder, Wayne Back, who draws on his personal and academic background, including previously being a physicist, businessman, educator, and senior pastor to understand the kingdom and interpret scripture. Now, Wayne's also a prolific author on the subject of the kingdom, and we'll be referring to some of this material that he's produced over the years in today's podcast. You can find those resources at kingdomculture.com.au or on the teaching platform, udemy.com. Hey, thanks, Steve. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing that from beginning to end, the Bible can and should be viewed as an account of God bringing heaven to earth. That is, bringing the unseen into the seen. We can more fully understand the unseen by examining what God has brought from the unseen to the seen. There are things in our natural world that are lower dimensional representations of high dimensional spiritual realities. Sounds like a good starting point to me. An example comes to mind straight away, and that's that the tabernacle from the Old Testament was a copy and a shadow of heavenly things. It was something in our four-dimensional reality that was a representation of what we couldn't see in the dimensions we know as the heavenly realms. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Talking about the priests, the writer of Hebrews says that they serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. I want to start with this example of the tabernacle as it sets a principle of how aspects of the scene are reflected from the unseen. The tabernacle itself was created for the presence of God to dwell on earth. The tabernacle of Moses and the temple of David and Solomon were made under instruction from heaven. The Lord just wasn't being some obsessed finicky architect by showing them a particular pattern. It was being made on earth based on realities in heaven. Yeah. It's actually in Hebrews 8, 5, where it says they were a copy and shadow of heavenly things. Yeah, that's an important thing to note here is that the scripture doesn't say that the tabernacle was a copy of a tabernacle in heaven, but of heavenly things. There are things about heaven that the Lord wants us to understand about heaven through these representations. In an uh, earlier podcast, Steve, we talked about drawing near to God and we unpacked Hebrews 10 verse 22. And these things we unpacked, these were heavenly things which resulted in and re- represented in the tabernacle, and they included uh, washing and cleansing and purifying. Mm-hmm. God helped us to understand how to draw near to him in these greater realities by providing a shadow and a copy on a lesser dimensional earth. And the temple and the tabernacle are a good example of this, I guess. Yes, the earthly expression of heaven realities are, are copies and shadows. It's like a photograph is a copy of a person and and a shadow is is an outline of a person. Both of these things are lower dimensional representations of a higher dimensional reality. There are two-dimensional representations of a three-dimensional reality. Now, my shadow tells you something about me, but not very much. Yeah, good point. If I had to identify you from your shadow, what you're wearing, your personality, or what you're thinking, I'd have very little to go on, just a bit of a basic outline. Yeah, the kingdom of heaven exists in this greater dimensional reality than the natural world does. 
So the representations on Earth, they're not replicas, but shadows and copies. They're lower dimensional representations. And we can try to imagine this as a as four-dimensional beings as we are creating a two-dimensional thing through a painting, as we've alluded to before. God made a lower dimensional representation of higher dimensional things as we can do when we paint. Creation itself is one of these representations. It's one of these copies and shadows of heavenly things. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So creation is an example of heaven on earth because we can see his invisible attributes through it. Yes, and we can understand more about the unseen world of heaven by observing the seen world of creation. And a lot of people find majesty and they find God in in nature and in creation. It is a representation of higher reality. This scripture says that particularly we can understand the attributes of God through creation. There are many attributes he has revealed we can consider. The scripture refers to his majesty, his glory, his wisdom, and his love. Psalm 19 verse 1, in fact, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. And Jeremiah 10 12 says, He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom, and he stretched out the heavens at his discretion. Yeah, and we could talk about many different aspects of the glory of nature. Attributes of God can be seen in geography. You can see that in the landscape. Zoology or animals, etymology, insects, astronomy. Pick your science, you can see attributes of God. I have a particular passion for astronomy and astrophysics. I tried to do my PhD in it, in fact, but a supervisor wasn't taking any more students at that stage. That's another story. If you consider astronomy, there are over 100 billion galaxies, each with hundreds of billions of stars. That's proclaiming in some measure the infinite glory of God. The prophet Jeremiah said, It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens, Jeremiah 10.12. And the more we study the details of the architecture of the universe, the more we see the wisdom of its creator. And that includes not only the macro, as you just spoke about, but also the micro or the quantum that we've been discussing in previous podcasts. And that included the concepts such as string theory, super string theory, M theory, and others that support quantum mechanics. And it's probably worth going back and having a listen to those if you haven't heard them already. Yeah, the universe itself is actually very finely tuned. It takes 26 dimensionless constants to describe the universe as simply and completely as possible. These constants need to be the number they are for our universe to be possible. The more we learn about the universe, the more we're learning about the parameters it takes to fully describe it. It's good to consider some of these finely tuned factors that that make our universe possible. If the strong nuclear force were even slightly more powerful, then there'd be no hydrogen, an essential element of life. If it was slightly weaker, then hydrogen would be the only element in existence and Mm. uh, therefore not us. If the weak nuclear force was slightly different, then either there'd be not enough helium to generate heavy elements in the stars, or the stars would burn out too quickly and supernova explosions could not scatter heavy elements across the universe. If the electromagnetic force was slightly stronger or weaker, atomic bonds and therefore complex molecules could not form, therefore no us. If the value of the gravitational constant was slightly larger, one consequence would be that the stars would come too hot and burn out too quickly. If it were smaller, stars would never burn at all and heavy elements would not be produced. Yeah, that's all amazing. 
I've read that some scientists rationalise this by theorising that there must be a very large number of universes and ours is the only one out of all these different opportunity universes that worked out properly. It's kind of standard operational procedure in science that if you don't understand something, put a large enough time associated with it or a large enough number that the probabilities <laughs> goes down so low and they say, well, there must be billions and billions and billions of universes and ours is the only one that survived. That really doesn't survive the pub <laughs> test to me, Steve. No, agreed. It just serves to give you the answer you want to hear or believe in. <laughs> Throw it in the mystery of billions of possibilities or enough time for things to happen. Exactly. You can use that to justify any theory without any accountability yes. for your answer. Moving on to really the second thing that is expression of heaven. We looked at and talked, just talked about creation for a bit, but people themselves are an expression of heaven on earth. Yeah, I mean, that's right at the start of the Bible, isn't it? In Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Those words image and likeness are from root words mean to shade. And so here's this shadow thing again. Man is the shadow of God. It's in his image and likeness. We're mm. a lower dimensional representations of his higher dimensional reality. As an image of God, there are attributes of God we, we have copies and shadows of. Our spirit, soul and body are copies and shadows of him. And so we can learn more about him who is unseen through us who are seen. One of these examples of this is the Bible describes God as having physical type aspects. 1 Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The Bible describes God as having mind, face, ears, eyes, mouth, arms, hands and feet. And I expect that our natural faculties of mind and eyes and ears and mouths, arms and feet, are lesser dimensional representations of God's attributes in those things. And obviously we're not God, although I've met a few people that might think otherwise. However, we are created in his image. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole stream of people who are convinced that man is God. And, well, mm. Scripture says, well, kind of an image and a copy and a shadow rather than the full-blown. And that's, that's really important to note. We're made in his image. We're not uh, replicas of his but our natural selves are four-dimensional representations of his high-dimensional reality. We have his likeness, and we can, we can understand something of the nature of God by looking at the nature of man, uh, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. The third thing that we uh, want to draw out here about understanding the unseen from the seen is by looking at the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was also a natural representation of a higher spiritual reality. Paradise itself has always existed in the third heaven. Luke 23 uh, verse 42 says, Jesus said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. He was talking to the guy on the cross next to him. Mm. And he said to that day, they would be in paradise. The word paradise here means a park, a garden, literally means an Eden. The word has its roots in a Persian word, and amongst the Persians, it was a grand enclosure or a preserve, a hunting ground, a park, shady and well-watered, which wild animals were kept for the hunt. And it was enclosed and furnished with towers for the hunters. And that was the word that they drew upon when they were describing it. But paradise is a part of the third heaven that has existed before the foundation of the world. When the Garden of Eden was created, it was a lower dimensional representation of the paradise that exists in the third heaven. Very good. We can understand more about this part of heaven, paradise that is, yeah. by looking at what Scripture says about the Garden of Eden. Yes, the Garden of Eden is a copy and shadow of paradise. 
that uh, came to earth. And there's some things in Scripture that reinforce this. The tree of life was in the third heaven and also in the Garden of Eden. The rivers of life were in paradise and in the Garden of Eden. God's presence is in both. So Garden of Eden, as an earthly reflection, shows us the spiritual realms are full of abundance and pure relationships. Absolutely. We can go back to the Garden of Eden. So this is God's part of God's intention. This is what heaven on earth looks like. Now, there are other things we can look at in the Scripture. This is a key one. It's important to note there is one key difference between paradise uh, in heaven and the Garden of Eden was that the tree of knowledge of good and evil was in the Garden of Eden, but not in heaven. But we've got to remember here that what's on earth is a copy and shadow of heavenly things, not just pure replicas. The thing that's in heaven that the tree of knowledge of good and evil reflects is this thing called choice. And we know choice existed in heaven because Satan chose his own path in heaven and led the rebellion, of course, and was cast out. This tree of knowledge of good and evil is a heavenly thing. It's a heavenly thing called choice. Right. In John 1.14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah, this is probably the fourth thing we can look at in terms of understanding the unseen from the seen because Jesus was a heavenly reality before he came to earth. He was called the Word in heaven and the Word became flesh, as you said in John 1.14. And he existed in heaven from the beginning and he was known as the Word, the promise of God, the creative Word of God. And he clothed himself in human flesh. He donned our natural reality, if you like, and showed us the potential of a human being in our world, filled with the Holy Spirit and led by his Father. What about the new heavens and the new earth? You know, Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. And also the book of Revelations, especially in chapters 21 and 22, describes the new heaven and the new earth, and particularly the new Jerusalem. I think this is the fifth thing we can look at in mm-hmm. terms of understanding the unseen from the seen. And this is still unseen. But we're given a fairly good description, as you mentioned, in Revelation 21 and 22 about what this looks like. And so when we are on our mission of bringing heaven to earth, we can look at the new Jerusalem as God's intention to come to earth. This is part of what he has called us to pray. The new Jerusalem currently at this moment in time, unless some major cataclysm happens between now and people listen, it's in the third heaven and it will descend on earth. It's a future expression of heaven on earth. The nature of this new Jerusalem that Revelations describes gives us insight also into the heaven, into the unseen realms. There's life, there's majesty, there's riches, there's health, there's wholeness. And because we know these things about the nature of the new Jerusalem, we we can pray for these things to be experienced on earth. Jesus said this in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. And so these five things, and you know, we can go into them deeper. So I think especially some people focus on on looking at the Garden of Eden, but uh, rightly we should look at the life of Jesus and what that looks like and how heaven was brought to earth through his life. But we look at all these five things and other things and we can summarise that the Bible really is the account of bringing uh, heaven on earth from beginning to end. The Garden of Eden is a representation of heaven on earth. The new Jerusalem currently in heaven will manifest on earth. Jesus is an expression of heaven on earth and we are an expression of heaven on earth. And so we can more fully understand the unseen by examining what God has brought from the unseen to the seen. 
That's a great summary and it probably also confirms why even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us on earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. Thanks once again for sharing your insights, Wayne. This has been Protoss, a podcast focused on pursuing the kingdom. And we hope you've enjoyed uh, joining us and we look forward to digging deeper into understanding the kingdom of heaven next time we meet. Until then, I'm your host, Wayne Back. And I'm Steve Kyle. And we both wish you every success in your pursuit of more of the kingdom. 